0: Welcome to Startup Nation Voices, a podcast of Startup Nation Mentorship and the World Jewish Congress. Startup Nation Mentorship pairs extraordinary college student leaders with top Israeli industry and government mentors. We currently operate on 20 campuses in six continents, and enable students to develop meaningful, lasting relationships with Israelis who are in the center of the dynamic global economy and hub of innovation. In Voices, we bring on top Israeli and international leaders to share a deeper look into their industry and personal background, exploring the importance of mentorship and partnership with Israel. Hello everyone, my name is Ilan Arnowitz and I'm the Director of Mentor Relations for Startup Nation Mentorship. It's such a privilege to welcome Giddy Mark to this week's podcast. Giddy is the CEO of Birthright Israel. He began his career as a diplomat in 1983 for Israel's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. In 1998, he became the first employee of Birthright Israel and served as its CEO. He also served as Birthright's International Director of Marketing and Community of Relations. In 2008, he became the CEO. Birthright needs no introduction, but the program is the largest educational tourism organization in the world and has given over 750,000 journeys to the state of Israel. 80% of participants consider Birthright as a life-changing experience, and they've contributed over $1.5 billion to the Israeli economy. Giddy, it's such an honor to have you on today. It's, It's really a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. So we would love to just learn a little bit more about why you decided to join Birthright as its first employee. What spoke to you about the organization and its mission?
1: So first of all, did not. I did not uh, come to Berset, uh, Berset came to me. Actually, I was an Israeli career diplomat uh, in New York, working in my last day of my last mission uh, at the Israel Consulate in New York to bid farewell from my staff in August 1997. Uh, and I bumped into the person who came up with the idea to send every young Jew for free to Israel. His name was uh, Yossi Belin. He was uh, an Israeli politician. Uh, and I got to know him when he was deputy uh, minister of, uh, of uh, Foreign Affairs in Israel. So I just bumped into him and he said, where are you going? I said, I'm leaving tonight for Israel. After four years, my family is already in Israel. And I said, do you have uh, 10, 15 minutes to... Have a bike with me? I said yes. So we went uh, into a a restaurant uh, for 15 minutes, which uh, eventually was about an hour and a half. Uh, And he said, you know, my my plan to send every young Jew, I used to call it uh, the voucher program, to give every young Jew a voucher to go for free to Israel. And I wonder if you're interested um, in joining it and I don't know why and how because I've already secured position at the foreign ministry. I had a new uh, department built uh, for me in order to, for me to lead back in, uh, over there in Jerusalem. And I said, yes, count me in. And he said, really? I said, yes. When can you start? I said, tomorrow. He was, you know, really tomorrow? I said, yes. And um, and he said, okay, okay, great. So you will hear. And uh, indeed, uh, within a week, I heard from Charles Bronkman and Michael Steinert, who are the people who decided to strategize and uh, really build uh, the idea of Yossi bailing into a program. And uh, they offered me the job to become the first employee of First right? And um, I I I really felt that I was starting a, a small startup with huge, huge um, um horizon. And um and I started uh, after four four months. Actually, I when I came to Israel and I was offered the job, I went to my uh, my um a boss in at the foreign ministry and I said I'm going to leave and he said are you sure? Because you just got a promotion and you have a promising future. I said, my future is somewhere obscure, but it's going to be great, and it's uh, on the other side of uh, of this uh, street. And I left, and um, I I I bought the first uh, the first pen of Versace Israel, and the first uh, desk of Versace Israel, and the first chair of Versace Israel. And uh, we started to we, with a planning uh, process and uh, strategized together with young, very bright uh, uh, young people, Jews from the United States and Israel. And together we built a plan. Um, the head of uh, the planning stage was Abraham Infeld. And um, we brought the first participants in. December 99, it took us about a year and a half uh, to build the program together with volunteers uh, from McKinsey. And uh, when we brought the first participants, we really didn't believe that what we built was coming in, in front of our eyes. I believe that birthright is the best and the longest planned program in the history of the Jewish people. So uh, we started in the first year with uh, 10,000 participants, which was huge hike from the previous numbers. You know, in every Jewish cohort, there are about 100,000 people born every year. So uh, we brought before we started about 2,000 Jews, 2% used to come to Israel every year, at the age of 18 to 26. It's, uh, it's let's say college age plus, and we started with. A 500% increase in the first year. And uh, eventually, after after 20 years, we are very close to 50,000. So we really increased it uh, by
0: 2,500%. It, it really is a, a fascinating story, Giddy, because in hindsight, it seems so obvious, right? Right now, we can look back and say, of, of course, let's send every Jew to Israel for free. But when you made the decision, the the career the life changing decision it was not obvious you were taking a huge risk and it's so interesting to me that, that you say you don't know why you did it because it just that means that it was just intuition right it was just a gut feeling that you had that this belief that this was going to be successful and it just always fast it's it's so fascinating to me to see the people that take these risks based on their intuition it's it's always really impressed me
1: i believe that to do too many things based only on your logic are uh, very dull and uh, not interesting. And sometimes you need to believe in yourself and follow your intuition. And here I, I, I really felt that I would not have a second chance for such a great opportunity. So I took it, and uh, you know what, the gamble was great.
0: I love that. I love that. So. I just graduated college, Kitty, and the majority of my friends have been on Birthright. But what always stood out to me was the range of people that not only decided to go on Birthright, but got excited about going on Birthright. And these were people that were not involved in the Jewish community, were not involved in Israel activism or anything. But Birthright was cool to them. And so I've always wondered how, as the director of of marketing, how are you able to make Birthright cool for students?
1: So first of all, when we started, uh, we were privileged to start together with the beginning of the, of the very, very uh, broad use of the Internet. Because beforehand, it was very restricted to small number. And we came and in order to get across to tens of thousands, it took us uh, a second, whereas 10 years before it would take you half a year. So we were, we were really uh, lucky with, with the timing of the start of Birthright Israel. And uh, going back to your uh, story about your friends, I would say that we invested a lot. We came with the intention to become a big organization. We never wanted to be a small organization. We came with huge vision. We did not speak about a tiny political small organization. We decided to change the future of the Jewish people. And uh, a, a short uh, story about it. So one of the things that we immediately did was to go out of the classical Jewish channels and to start publicize ourselves in, in, in secular newspapers, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, etc. And I remember that we published uh, a full, yes, full-page ads on a blank. It was blank white paper and. And in the middle, you could see free trip to Israel. And underneath, on the right-hand side, we, we wrote, it was September, so we wrote, Happy New Year to you. No, uh, Happy New Year, Shana Tova, which is Happy New Year, Shana Tova to you and your family. And believe it or not, one of the emails that we received was, Dear Mr. Shana Tova, Thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> and we immediately immediately understood that we hit our target audience. Right, because the person right. who reads Jewish newspaper would never say to you, Dear Mr. Shonatova. And indeed, in the first years, we had questions like, you know, we used to publish the itinerary and uh, people used to write, you have a typo, it says uh, Shabbat. Uh, Friday or Saturday at the hotel. It should be Shabbat at the hotel, not <laughs> the hotel. Uh, but these are the people that we are looking for because right, right. what we decided to do is to really to start jump the, the journey, the personal journey of each and every individual who wants to be Jewish. It's a choice, you know. We live in a free world and it's unlike 10 decades ago, or or let's say 200 years ago, people lived in small communities. Now the world is open to us and you need to come out of your own interest and your uh, own curiosity. So we invested a lot and uh, we invested only in quality. We did not spend one penny in something which is not qualitative. We took the best companies in the world of uh, PR and marketing we uh, worked really with the best companies, uh, we, and especially we had a very good product because when birth aid came, it was surprising because it really was something different than anything that was offered to young Jews in the Jewish world. That's why young Jews disappeared from the map of Jewish organizations for years. Uh, we asked ourselves, what would young people want? So young people didn't have six weeks to go to Israel because their time was very precious. So we came up with the idea of giving them 10 days. So everybody told us, you know, 10 days is nothing. You cannot do anything with 10 days. We were the first ones to um, uh, go together with uh, Brandeis University to do long-term research. We are the most researched organization in the history of the Jewish people. From day one, we compare the ones who registered and went to the ones who registered and did not go. And we see two completely, two different communities, types of people. So we came over with the idea of no strings attached, don't pay anything. And this is a, this is a gift of the Jews of the 20th century to the Jews of the 21st century. We just give it to you. You do it uh, with it, whatever you want. Uh, we came also with the idea that it should be outsourcing. So we run a budget today of $150 million with uh, about 60 employees, which is outstanding in the Jewish world. Very, very low level of, um, of overhead of about uh, 5%, which wow. is unprecedented in, right. the, in, 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 uh, in Jewish terms or any um, um, nonprofit, uh, right. Non- right. non-profit uh, existing. Uh, we gave, st- from the beginning, uh, cool swag, swag to participants to publicize us. And uh, actually, anything that a new product should uh, do, we did. And our, our examples came from the secular market, not from the Jewish world.
0: Those stories are, are so funny, and I'm sure you have more of them. And what's interesting is that instead of seeing those and being worried about that you're not reaching the right target market, you turned that and saw it as a benefit where, no, this is the target market we want to be reaching.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, 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 we don't need the people that uh, have parents that really invest a lot in their Jewish upbringing. Right. And I really salute these people. I know how huge investment it is uh, to raise uh, uh, kids in the United States today um, in Jewish education. It's really it's really very hard. But the majority of young Jews your age don't get uh, such a Jewish education and, and somebody needs to do it. Luckily for us and for the Jewish people, we have a huge number of Jewish generous donors. By the way, today, Birthright has um, at least uh, 30,000 donors in the United States. Wow. And I'm proud to say that uh, we have 9 million donors in Israel because Israel is a, a funding partner of about one third of the cost. Wow. So every taxpayer in Israel also participates right. <laughs> in this exposure, and I can tell you that one of the one of the uh, 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 of the successes of Birthright Israel is the participation of the Israelis. This was a new component that uh, was never in such a given in such magnitude to any non-Israeli trip coming to Israel. And uh, over the years, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, also started to understand the importance of uh, birthright Israel to its own soldiers, to understand what it means to be a Jew outside of Israel, what it means to be a person who did not uh, get uh, Jewish education and nevertheless decides every day to be a Jew. In Israel, nobody asks me. I get up in the morning, I read Hebrew, and I and my kids would uh, go to on Jewish holidays. They don't need to study, etc. So the the whole environment is Jewish. Outside of Israel, people need to make the positive or the the active uh, step to choose every second I'm going to be a Jew, which is which is very. Uh, it it is very highly appreciated by by Israelis. And that's what the Israelis uh, understand when they come and join groups uh, that come from abroad.
0: It really is such an important mission because you're focusing on the people that have a desire to learn, but have never really had the exposure, right? I mean, you have people on, on both sides, both extremes where their minds, their understanding of Israel is already set in stone. It doesn't make sense of to, to reach out to those people. But the Jews that are just interested in learning about the country, that's where it, it's important to just offer that ability to learn. It, it, it's such an important mission, Gideon.
1: Yeah, and uh, actually, that's why we wanted to be um, equal for everybody. And that's why we decided to be completely, strictly non-partisan. We want everybody to feel as free as possible to raise all the questions possible to leave the environment in the group as open as possible. We don't have any exclamations marks. We have only question marks. We, we really encourage our participants to ask the toughest questions because you know, this world really puts you in positions that nobody can prepare you. In. At the end of the day, you have the choice to make every second. And this is what this is the beginning of the Jewish journey that we would like to ignite in each and every one. Even I don't know if you got Jewish education or not, but whatever Jewish education, whatever how highly educated you are, there is no one person in the world who cannot learn more. And uh, this is the best age, by the way, to choose our own uh, direction because you know that uh, until certain age, etc., our parents decide for us pretty much. What we should wear, what we where should go, where should should study, etc. And after the age of 18, we are at our own, and we need to make a decision. And the Jewish journey is one of the decisions. So identity journey is one of the decisions that people have the privilege to make. And uh, indeed, until today, we had uh, 750,000 uh, participants in Birth at Israel, 100 plus. Uh, 100,000 plus of them are Israelis. Of course, majority of them are North Americans, about 80%. And uh, we see the, the relationship between them and Israel, but mainly between them and the Israelis, are really unprecedented.
0: And I've seen firsthand what you're talking about at the University of Michigan, right? Like I said, just the spectrum of individuals that go on birthright. It it really is true that birthright reaches out and is completely apolitical and and the political spectrum is not even relevant. So that's been cool to see firsthand at the University of Michigan. Birthright, Giddy encourages young people to explore their Jewish identity and support for Israel. How can young adults pursue this goal in the years or decades following a birth rate trip? So actually, um,
1: in recent years, we have started to build some potential uh, tools for young people to be in contact. For example, we have developed an app that connects uh, our participants once they are back to local uh, activities in their own community. You can just look for the Birthday Israel app. It's uh, on an ongoing development stages, and uh, there are hundreds of possibilities for people to engage, either in social activities, political activities. We are quite open. These are not ours, but we present uh, offerings of different Jewish organizations to people who come back because Birthday decided not to be part of a follow-up or the life of our participants uh, after they go back because we decided to be the best in the world and what we can be the best in the world, which is to provide experience in Israel. So this is one. Secondly, there are many opportunities to come back to Israel. For example, we have um, Excel, which is Birthright Israel Excel um, and the people over there come over to Israel to volunteer, not to volunteer, sorry, to intern in Israeli companies, leading companies, many of them international companies, for 10 weeks. And then once they come back, they are uh, joining a local community. So we started uh, with two communities, the Israeli one. Each one who comes to Israel has what we call a soulmate. Also very, very selective. We accept about 50, 60 a year out of about 1,800 applicants.
0: Right. And the it's same of well. programs. I
1: um, yeah, yeah, it's very, very hard to get in. But then we have already uh, two very nice communities. One of about 450 people in the United States. The same number in Israel. And we expand now the number of countries that participate uh, in Excel. We um, we have participants from already from Canada and Mexico. And this year we are going to expand to France to uh, Great Britain, to Australia and uh, uh, Argentina and Brazil. And we would like to make it into an international community of young Jewish businessmen and women. So this is what uh, Excel is. Um, There are virtual reunions that uh, we started during the uh, COVID um, last year. Uh, We tried to reunite um, all the groups of uh, recent years to to have an online uh, reunion, and we had 15,000 participants uh, taking part in it. Wow! And uh, now we are um, we have signed an MOU with an organization called Onward, which offers the internship. You are from Michigan, so you have heard about it. I have. Uh, <laughs> So they are, they offer eight weeks of internships in Israel, and uh, if uh, and when the merger is uh, going to conclude, and uh, I believe uh, by mid September, uh, we are going to expand it hopefully to many more uh, people that come in. But most of it should be the relationships between the people who live abroad with their Israeli peers. And I know that there are hundreds of thousands of contacts. And indeed, you know, in these days, when uh, people listen uh, attuned to to news, um, social media, et cetera, coming from Israel, I know from uh, many Israelis that I know that participated on birthright in the South, that they have become a very strong source of information to their non-Israeli friends.
0: To our student listeners, Birthright really is more than just a trip to Israel. It's really, as Gidi is saying, building an ecosystem where you can be afforded internships and relationships and networking. So I would personally encourage you to just look into the Birthright ecosystem, starting with the Birthright Israel app, and explore what potential career building opportunities Birthright has. Gidi, you talk a lot about working to ensure birthright continues to be relevant to Jews across the globe. And you've mentioned that this is one of your biggest concerns about birthright's longevity. How are you thinking and doing this in 2021? How can I and other passionate young adults help your efforts to help continue birthright to be relevant?
1: So, first of all, people ask me if politics
0: or whatever are the biggest enemy of
1: uh, or. Threat to birthright Israel, and I say no. If people are engaged uh, politically, I invite them to come over to Israel. It's it's a great opportunity to see what you usually talk about without understanding the situation. The biggest uh, threat uh, to birthright Israel is that we become uh, irrelevant or boring, and uh, we indeed we we all the time we bring new components to the trip. We we have become. Uh, great experts of uh, Millennials, and now uh, we are dealing with uh, Gen Z. And uh, actually, we hired one of the best companies in the world that uh, is an expert on uh, these age groups, and and, uh, it's called Cassandra. And we have gone through a process uh, of reimagining birthright Israel to make it uh, more relevant to young people, and uh, people are going to see. You know, we, we are now resuming trips. We are the first ones that, res, uh, that uh, received the uh, permission from the government to bring tourists to Israel after a hold of about a year and three months. And out of because of the trust that the government uh, really gives us, um, I believe that uh, it's going to be even much more qualitative if it could be. Or let's say uh, we are going to pay so much attention to every detail, you know, that uh, uh, our our record until today is really is impeccable. We are going to invest twice as much because we need to provide the safest, safest, safest trip possible to everybody. And uh, during the last year, I'll, I can talk about it later, we really showed uh, everyone that we can provide a very safe uh, trip, even in an environment which is not vaccinated, let alone now that Israel is almost fully vaccinated. So the trip is going to be very safe. Um, I, uh, the, the idea about the reimagining is to have a different type of a trip. We are going to offer more choices to, to our participants. They are going to see more a variety, bigger variety of uh, opportunities. We have introduced the issue of sustainability, greenification. We would like people to feel at home in the buses there. We would like to feel at home when they meet Israelis. The Israelis are also going to be prepared. Unfortunately, not everybody is savvy in that issues. Uh, We are going to deal a lot with wellness. Uh, We uh, are going to allow for much more time for uh, self-exploration. People are going to get free time to walk around the streets of Tel Aviv. And um, we have invested a lot in training the staff because many of our staff are so dedicated to birth rates. So many of them have led already 50, 80, 100 trips. And uh, we need to really to change their minds all the time. To tell them, guys, uh, these are people who are interested in different things that the people who came five years ago were interested in, and and we do uh, make the conversion uh, quite successfully. We saw it last year when we had to stop uh, the the trips in uh, March, and uh, we are now uh, having many many counselors. And the people who come from abroad with the group, staff people, and uh, we will make sure that each and everyone understands the, the new spirit of birthright
0: Israel. It really does sound like birthright is being very mindful about how to proceed and, and like you're saying, how to keep birthright relevant. And l- let me just say, as a general Zer myself, it's, it's good that you've hired a professional because we are, we are a whole nother, we, we're a handful. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But
1: for the, for the better. You are you are you're different for the better in many sense.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. But no, the, the Gen Z generation, I think, is is an exciting one. And it's it's good that you're you're keeping it relevant. It's important, of course. You talked a little bit about COVID. Um, I'm curious just to hear your thoughts about how COVID has and will affect Birthright. The organization has historically relied on an in person experience. Do you see this changing? A little bit. Uh,
1: actually, uh, we learned a lot. You know, every obstacle is also an opportunity. And um, we, first of all, we did not lose every, any second. We had our last participants last uh, March. I think in the beginning of April, we started to offer alternatives. First of all, we had uh, something which is called uh, BRI Connect, at Israel Connect. We had people from 15 countries who used to share the experience from different countries, alumni who live in Brazil and Argentina and Germany and the United States. It was a great experience for many of them. People did not uh, feel feel alone. We had uh, some uh, participants who developed sederlive.com, uh, uh, which enabled people to, to celebrate the Passover, the face of Seder, together with their relatives, online. Uh, we had reunions, as I said, uh, participated by 15,000 participants. We had a photo contest of how people live under the COVID in different places around the world with about... 500,000 um, I, uh, 500,000 500, um, um, engagements and uh, it was very, very successful. Uh, we developed an interactive tour which was, I believe, the first in Israel that you could choose where to go in Israel with uh, somebody that we hired, great guy who was also a tour educator and uh, it uh, was engaged by one hundred forty 40,000 people, so Israel was alive, not in person unfortunately, not physically. Uh, some of our alumni started an initiative uh, that we helped call uh, door-to-door, they used to go to the houses of uh, elderly people and to do shopping for them, groceries, etc. So. Uh, in Israel, the Israeli alumni helped uh, the new immigrants, the ones who live in Israel, alumni of Versailles, who decided to stay longer in Israel or to live in Israel, and they helped them to go through the hardships. And uh, now we are coming back. As I told you, we are the first tourists uh, to come back to Israel, and we're taking it uh, seriously, but we are going to be a little bit different. in uh, During the years that we had, Uh, So many hardships. Uh, We decided not to be dependent only on a 10-day trip or 7-day trip that we used to offer, not one product uh, company, but rather to expand to multi-week. And that's what I was talking about, the onward opportunity. And uh, hopefully we are going to merge by mid-September. So Birthright will be able to to serve, to offer 10-week or short-term, but also mid-term, long-term experiences in Israel. By the way, the majority today of the participants of Onward are alumni of Birthright Israel, which is quite um, understandable. Interesting. And the the second thing that we are now uh, developing is um, a digital um, digital, um, framework or, or platform that will enable us to connect to young Jews, regardless if they come to Israel or not, to try to convey to them what, what a Jewish life uh, uh, is all about, to help them find jobs, maybe dating, we, we don't know. We just are in the minute, uh, just to help young Jews to navigate their Jewish journey in this world. So anything that uh, can help young Jews uh, will uh, be d- discussed and, um, and examined and I hope that within a year or two we are going to be offering not only physical experiences but also digital
0: experience to young Jews around the world. Is that platform the Birthright Israel app or is it different? The app is going to be connected to Intervention.
1: Cool. Because we started, with the digital platform has not started yet. We are now playing with different uh, possibilities to, di- to see what is successful, what has the potential, etc. The app is quite successful. We see we started the app actually a year and a half ago, and we see the cumulative uh, usage of it. And I see that after a year, people still use it in order to see what's going on around their the place that they live in. So. I think that eventually they are going to um, somehow to be, um,
0: uh, to be together under the same roof. So the main takeaway is there are a lot of exciting projects happening in the birthright pipeline. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So Gili, I want to ask one last question, and it's a bit of a fun one. So I'm curious, what is your favorite place in Israel and why?
1: First of all, Israel is my favorite place. Okay, I I, <laughs> I I I really feel the privilege that my parents uh, fled Europe uh, in the thirties and forties, and they came over to Israel. So uh, they really allowed me to live as a Jew in a sovereign state, which was quite rare for two thousand years. And um, I think that uh, during my my time at the Foreign Ministry and now his birthright, I existed. Dozens of countries, but my favorite place is the place where I grew up, uh, somewhere in the north of Israel. And don't laugh, please. The the thing that I like more than all is to lie on the ground, look at the sky, feel that my back is lying on a place that King David and his families, and many other Jews and shepherds. And, uh, and farmers used to walk 2,000 years ago, and it really connects me to my roots.
0: Nothing to laugh about there. Nothing to laugh about at all. I, I think it's interesting because I think you're touching the root of what many Jews feel to different degrees when they go to Israel. I mean, I felt a, a similar kind of, not spiritual, but, but deep connection when I lied on the ground in Masada when I was in Israel. And so I think that's really what Israel is able to provide is no matter who you are, where you're from, if you're a Jew, you have a connection to the ancestry and, and it's powerful. It's really powerful. Incredible. We have the same, we have the same ancestors. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Gidi, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank it's- you so much. It was such an honor talking to you. And again, the birthright mission is just so important and such a great reminder that the region is more than just a conflict. So thank you so much for all the work that you you. do. Looking
1: forward to seeing you soon here.
0: Of course, of course. On birthright. On birthright as a counselor. (laughs) Exactly. Giddy, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.